You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, presented by Ball is Life. I'm your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble, and today we have a very special guest in the house, Troy Daniels. How you doing, Troy? How, how you living? Good, man. I'm living all right, man. I can't complain. You yeah, if you're going to be anywhere during a quarantine, it'd be L.A., right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man. Time you're going to be locked up. So um, you're, you're still a free agent right now. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, very good. Which is insane to me. I mean, you've put up great numbers. I mean, you've always been a guy that's a much needed player for anybody and everybody in the way the game's played today. I don't see you being left out there too long, but what's what's this free agency period been like for you? You're coming off a year with the Denver Nuggets and the Lakers last year, but um, what's this offseason been like and where are you at in your free agent process? Uh, it's been very different. I mean, obviously, you know, everything with, with everything going on with COVID, but um, I think free agency might have lasted maybe a week um, compared to maybe three months usually. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's been a, a crazy, rocky process. I think last year I went the first day of free agency to the Lakers. And, you know, it's kind of your, your career kind of goes up, down, up, down when you want to go. But, um, this is the first time that I've actually been in this position to where, you know, we're still waiting and training camp has already begun. So wherever I go, you know, when I end up somewhere, but I think, you know, just got to learn really fast. And that's been my whole career anyway. So I'll, I'll be ready to go wherever I go. I was going to ask you, um, you said that you learn, you learn fast or you have to learn fast. I think uh-huh. your best skill set um, from following your career over the years is you're, you're an incredible shooter. Uh-huh. Um, is that a skill set that you think allows you to adapt so quickly and just kind of fit in any scenario? Yeah, I, I think, you know, that skill, I mean, obviously for me, it doesn't really require much other than putting in the work. But, um, you know, I, what goes into that is me being a four-year guy. Um, you know, it's easy to fit in. It's easy to learn on the fly. Uh, most of the stuff that I'm learning, I've already probably ran it with another team or previously in my four-year career in college. Um, so it's kind of like you're just, you know, getting up to speed on, you know, what the coaches want, what's their philosophy. Um, and then, you know, most of the plays are standard in the NBA nowadays. And your ATOs, out-of-timeout out plays are uh, more thought into it and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, I think it's pretty much easy. That's crazy to say that. I mean, it's, it's so true, and it's much easier and fluid for a free agent just to jump in at any point and figure things out on the go. And that's why I think, being you mentioned it, it was only really a week-long free agency period this year versus three months. I think guys are going to continue to get picked up here uh, for the next couple months, and I think guys are going to get released. And as they realize they teams made the wrong decision or wave them, and all these things are going to be happening. Have you gotten much traction yet, or are you still just working out and waiting for that call yet, or where are we at? Uh, we, we've had pretty good traction actually um, during the like the first week or two. Obviously, we're not, we're not on the team, so it wasn't that good of traction. But uh, we had some things, maybe a couple things lined up with Denver. Um, you know, obviously my agent has talked to a lot of other teams as well. 
because um, I, I, I really feel that every team, you know, can't go without shooting. You know what I mean? Everybody, it's not, it's, it's okay to have a, a shooter on board. Um, um, but I think now, since the money is a little different, the COVID is a little different. Nobody really knows the future. So a lot of guys are signing one-year deals and a lot of teams are trying to throw out non-guarantees right now. You haven't really seen that much in the past. And right. the, two-way, the two-way contracts, I want to say, kind of messed up for, for us veteran guys as well as, you know, too. You know, I, I would rather the two-ways mess up, you know, stuff for us than anything because I was in that position before. Um, so I know how it goes when you're a young guy trying to get on um, and stuff like that. So I know for sure that something will happen. I think, I think the most important thing for me right now um, is just staying in tip-top shape, uh, keeping my rhythm. So I'll be able to just jump right in, you know, when that time is called. Troy, how are you able to stay in shape in this time? Because I know for a guy like me, an average Joe, I can't find a gym to shoot at. <laughs> like, right. how are you able to? How are you able to do that? Uh, you going outside? I, are you getting creative? Like, he ain't an average <laughs> Joe. That's the difference. <laughs> I do have a gym that I go to every uh, every single day, um, and then I have a gym that I lift at as well. But I actually, you know, in the process of building my own gym inside my home, so you know, it's it's pretty much easy to stay in shape to me. Uh, you just got to put, put put your mind to it. I mean, if I'm in there lifting, you know, plates of silverware or something, you know, anything is possible for me. So um, whether it's getting up at 6 a.m., you know, running two or three miles, um, staying in shape that way, making sure you're eating the right stuff, drinking a lot of water, um, and then keeping your rhythm. And this, I think during the quarantine process, the way I kept my rhythm with basketball, I would literally take a basketball and just dribble around the house um, and, you know, shoot hoops. Because the one thing about shooters, that's, that's the last thing that you lose. Um, is your shooting ability. So just being able to keep your rhythm with your dribbling and your stamina, all that stuff is very easy to do during a quarantine process anyway. No, I can think of a ton of teams that I'd, I'd take you as a seventh, eighth man right now. Even my Timberwolves right now, we could use you. Yeah. I mean, we need veteran <laughs> leadership. It's it's wild. Yes. But I mean, at the same time, I'm sure your agent's weighing the options and mm-hmm. trying to make sure the right fit too so we can prolong this career a little bit. You've been with the same agency uh, priority now for your whole career, right? Yeah, whole career. So then, yeah, you've weeded out all the BS. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about any of that. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, have you ever had an instance in your career where, as a journeyman, I mean, the peaks and valleys the whole time, I'm, I'm sure, but um, as long as you keep making buckets like you do, I mean, you'll always have a role in the league as long as you want, in my estimation. Have you ever had a time period where you were a little bit nervous in the offseason and it prolonged a little bit? Um, to be honest, no. And I know that might sound crazy, but no, I mean, every year in free agency, I always knew I was going to be okay. Um, you know, one, I have, I think one of the best agents in it, in, you know, in in the business, um, but as well, you know, every team needs a shooter, no matter what you can stop playing bigs, you can stop doing this, you can stop doing that, but it wouldn't hurt to have an extra shooter on the team. You know, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't hurt to have an extra guy to just throw in there to, you know, get some buckets here and there. And then, you know, take them out or whatever the case may be. And I always knew that I would have a job um, in the NBA because, you know, that skill set to me is very valuable and a lot of guys can't do it at a high level. Um, so I always, I've never had that instance where I'm like, okay, maybe last year where I, I didn't know the time frame, but it happened so fast. You know what I mean? It, it was literally like the first day of uh of training i mean of uh free agency where mark was like hey we got something i mean i think it's a great opportunity for you to do this and that and then when he said the team i i was like that's a no-brainer i mean at that time i think the lakers were still working on getting Kawhi. they had ad i'm like it's a no-brainer LeBron, like of course i would definitely take that job so i mean and then 
by me taking that job, we also had a we had, I think we had maybe two or three other teams on board as well, um, where I was able to make the decision of saying I want this team or that team, so mm-hmm. I was able to choose the Lakers. So, in addition to that, do you do you receive a championship ring? I do. Hell yeah, let's go. That's that's awesome to hear, man. Because Troy Daniels, NBA champion in the There you go. (laughs) No, that's great to hear. No, you accept that shit with pride. Uh, (laughs) It was earned. I mean, you don't work your whole career to not take that when it comes. And hey, you were recruited to that team. I mean, it's really well known. AD wanted you there. And um, I'm sure it wasn't easy for you. But let's get into that. I mean, what was that season like with the Lakers? Did you you probably knew that team was special? I mean, from the whole season, LeBron and AD. How how do you think it went for you, and why did it turn out the way it did in your mind? Um, I think it went really well, to be honest with you. It was kind of funny, like you, we everybody knew. Well, not I want to say I want to say everybody, but we all knew on a team um, what type of team that we had, which we knew we had a championship caliber team. We knew. Obviously, nothing is given, but we knew we would get really far. You know, we take care of business. And in the beginning of the season, we were on a hot start killing. And we all just jailed, you know, right then and there. Everybody signed in July. And come August, you know, LeBron's having a mini camp in Vegas. And, you know, we're all gelling together really, you know, early. And that was just an unbelievable experience. We all knew at that, at that moment that, you know, we were a championship caliber team. And then, you know, going through the season, I think I did pretty well um, with, you know, what I was dealt where, you know, Frank would throw me out there or he, and, and one thing I would say about uh, Frank, I mean, he, he's a great coach. He, he would literally, um, and not all coaches do this to be honest with you, but he would, he would keep it real with you. And yeah. one thing about one thing in the NBA, a lot of coaches might not want to do that or afraid or whatever the case may be. Um, he would always keep it real with you while you're not playing. Um, when he's going to get you in there, how many minutes you're probably going to play, if you're going to get in the game. Um, as a player, and every player knows this, that's what you want. I mean, you don't want to be sitting on the bench and then all of a sudden you call your name. I mean, I've gotten used to it over in my career. I mean, it's, it's like second nature to me. But um, that, whole, that whole year was like it was easy. It was easy for me to be able to prepare for a game, easy for me to, be, to say, hey, I'm going to get a crazy lift in before the game because I know I'm not playing today or I'm a you know I'm gonna chill out a little bit because I know I'm gonna get 15 to 20 minutes um and it was a lot easier for me and I, I thought I did really well out there and I complimented those guys very well because you know when I was out there you have to respect the shooter uh, which opened up a lot of lanes when I was out there for Brian and AD and Rondo and those guys to you know get in there and kick or get in there and do what they do um and it was fun and I, I me personally maybe you know other people might think differently, um, but I, I think there was no need for a change in, in the middle of the season. I honestly think there was no need because we had better than Dudley. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, no, my guy. Yeah, and Dudley's great, and he's a great team chemistry guy. And uh, yeah, the other guys that um, are meant just whatever it was, Troy deserved to fit in there. Like it just shouldn't have played out the way it did. But that that's life, and that's the NBA business that we're all um, you're a part of, and that we take part in. Um, I mean, taking a huge passion. That's the, the, when I heard that they signed Troy, I remember thinking, okay, they got Anthony Davis, you know, they, they added all the other pieces they added. And I was already thinking LeBron and AD is a problem. They've got Danny green. They've got like the right role players that are going to make it work. And then they added Troy Daniels. And I was like, well, now they have shooting. Cause that was the one potential question mark. So, you know, I, I think any team could use you. I think they definitely could have used you. Um, but do you think you learned a lot from your time in LA, like playing with LeBron James? Cause like you, and we'll talk about Houston in a bit, but you 
have played with a guy like James Harden. Uh, you've played with a guy like LeBron James. A lot of a lot of people might go their career without playing with you know a, a player of that caliber. Um, so you know, did you learn anything with LeBron, or was there anything about the experience that stood out to you in any way? Of course. I mean, if you didn't learn anything, then you should have been there in the first place. But I mean, LeBron is is a very different human being. I don't think a lot of people understand. I think they just see him and and all his accolades and just think he's just the chosen one. But um, to be honest. When I first got there, I mean, I was just very impressed on how well he took care of his body. I mean, I think there's a rumor around where he spends fact, like a million yeah. dollars on his body anyway. Uh, but, I mean, literally each and every day, didn't waste a day, each and every day he was lifting, um, you know, he was eating the right stuff, drinking the right stuff. You always see him with a huge water bottle. Um, but he was always the first person in the gym. He was always the last one to leave. And I was just very impressed with with that. And he's always taking care of his body in the training room, doing stretches or doing something. Um, and I was very impressed with that. And it kind of set the tone for our team, to be honest, um, to where guys were coming in, you know, I mean, the first couple of weeks we were coming in, you know, our times where we normally come in, but he, we, we would come in literally when he would come in, you know what I mean? And it was set the tone for our team, which one of the reasons why we got off to a great start. Um, like you can tell he was our leader and we were, we were following his lead and uh, I've learned so much. But I also learned that, I mean, the guy literally knows every basketball play on this earth. I mean, that's for every team. I mean, he was calling plays for the other team. That I was like, well, how does he know what they're doing? Whatever. But, and Jay Kidd was like, you know what? The guy's been playing for so long that he's seen everything. And it kind of made sense. Like, wow. I mean, he's seen every type of, of, of defense played on him. He's seen every type of play. He's seen, every, he's seen everything. So he knows exactly what's coming. Uh, more so than not, which makes him really good even on defense. So, for sure. So, as you, you got broken up from the Lakers, they let you go. Um, that was a tough follow up. But you got picked up by an amazing team, the Denver Nuggets, right after that, right. and you almost took down the Lakers. I mean, what was that? What was that experience like with the Nuggets? And that 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 was one hell of a run from the Nuggets, and you guys made, and that was so impressive. That was one of the most fun runs I've watched in a long time. It was an unbelievable experience. Um, and Tim Connolly, you know, he gave me the opportunity. He's, he's actually, you know, one of the few uh, front office guys that keeps it real with you as well. And I appreciate that from him. And he knows that. So um, even when the deal, you know, that we kind of had lined up just didn't fall through. Uh, I mean, yeah, didn't fall through. It, it was it was still like, OK, cool. You know, I could I can accept that um, by him just being 100 percent, you know, uh, honest with me. So. Um, but yeah, the the run that we had in the bubble, like oh my gosh, I mean it was literally, it was unbelievable to watch. Like Jamal Murray, I mean we all knew who he was before that, but now, like man, he arrived. he's the real deal. I mean, like I mean he's a great player, and you have, there's a lot of great players in the NBA, but a lot of great players lack that dog, and he has that dog that you want, that you need, and he was absolutely unbelievable. Impressed me. You know, for me being in the league seven to eight years, he impressed me so much. Um, and then, you know, with Big Fella, I mean, I don't even know how old he is. I mean, he, he's he, he twenty five. He could be a Hall of Famer right now if you ask me. <laughs> he I mean, is. He's that good. I mean, he's literally that good. And to see him work in practice, to see him work, you know, in the games, I mean, it's, it comes very, very easy to him. Um, and he's very skilled. He can literally dribble. He can pass, shoot. Um, he can play defense. I mean, you you name it. I mean, he can do it all. So he's definitely a max player for sure. So when we talk out-of-body experience, I think of that Denver Nuggets, and I'll forever think of the Denver Nuggets 
run. I, I swear to God. And when I'm talking NBA playoff basketball, I will be thinking about your Nuggets being down 3-1 multiple times. Jamal Murray just going bonkers. Joker over the head. Any flipping everything just, oh, it's just coming back. So what is that mindset? 3-1. What are you guys telling each other? I mean, it's, it's just another game. It's just another game. How does this play out? We really didn't have anything to lose. I mean, worst case scenario, we go home from the bubble. Nobody really wanted to be there anyway. Um, <laughs> and, you know, but once we started figuring that these guys are taking us for granted, that these guys are, you know, looking down on us and they think they want everything, that made it even more, how can I put it, it made it even more important for us to say, you know what, we're here to stay. Um, and I think that's where some of the teams fell in that trap of like, okay, well, they're down three, one and we're in the bubble. So they fell into the trap of saying they're, they're going to give up. But like I told you, Jamal, he didn't want to go home. Like he wanted to stay like exact where yep. I want to stay. I want to stay. Like he enjoyed the bubble. Um, and he enjoyed playing basketball. And, and that's to me, I'm going to be honest with you. I know a lot of guys in the NBA and that's rare. Like a lot, a couple of guys, not a couple guys, but some guys would have been like, you know what? We down three one. We in the bubble. We shouldn't even be here. Let's just go home. You know what I mean? <laughs> and but he's like, no, I want to stay. So like, that's the dog that's in him that is like, you know what? Nah, I'm I, this is my matchup. All right, I'm taking him down. That's, and that's that was his mindset. And Joker just he just followed his he just followed suit. And then the two wings that we had on on on, on the wings with with Tory Craig and um and Grant, those two guys defensively could get any team, any 30 team, any 29 teams in the NBA problem because they can guard, you know, multiple positions. They can guard your LeBrons. They can guard your Kawhis. They can guard your Paul Georges because they're length. And, you know, Torrey Craig is really all he does is play defense. And, and Grant, obviously, he shot the ball very well from three, but he, that's what he does. He's very long with his arms, his defense. So you add in all that together, you're like, wow, these guys are the real deal. You know what I mean? Like, I really think we could have went all the way to the finals. But, you know, I think we ran out of here. gas. Yeah, we, we ran out of gas. Jamal ran out of gas for sure. Joker was okay, but Jamal ran out of gas because he exerted so much energy into each game. Like, he took each game was very important to him. You know what I mean? So it was a fun ride. It was, it was one of the greatest performances by a team, not only Jamal and Joker, but by a team that I've seen in a long time. It was very impressive. I will also say, honestly, man, just to keep it real, prior to that run, I had Denver as like a second tier team, um, a, a pretender, honestly, a pretender. I had right. Joker as an elite player. I had Jamal Murray as, you know, pretty good, still a couple years before he gets there. And that run zapped all of that. Jamal Man. Murray a- arrived. And it's like, it's one of those moments where it, it's really cool as a basketball fan because you're seeing the young guy come out of his shell and like, it's like a Pokemon. Ev- <laughs> it's yep. like a Pokemon evolving. You know what I mean? And we yep. saw that out of Jamal Murray. Um, <clears throat> I remember watching him at one point against Utah, sticking shot after shot, pulling up in transition. Oh man. Buckets like, you know, and I was just like, wow. You know, and as a Houston fan, honestly, you know, it's one of those things where I was thinking, I don't even know if I've seen James Harden do this in the playoffs. Like, man, wow. I, it, it was very, very impressive. I mean, he had everybody's eyebrows raised. LeBron, I mean, you name it. Everybody was like, wow, these, these guys are not playing. Like, it's one thing to be, as basketball players, we always say, oh, he's hot. He's hot right now. Jamal wasn't just hot. You know, it was, a, it was like going. another level. It was another level that he just kept going, and it was very impressive. Given the incredible run um, and the playoff ex- uh, you know, experience that you guys had and, and the playoff moments that you guys had, I kind of want to loop, loop it back to your first year in the league. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but like we said, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Rockets guy, so I remember 
you came in late in the year. Um, I think you played in March. I think you played like right before the playoffs. And then you had a couple couple games right before the playoffs. And I think the, it was like this, close to the end, maybe the last game of the season, you you went off. I think you had like six threes, 20-something points. And it was like, you know, I remember thinking, shit, maybe mm-hmm. he should play in the playoffs. Yep. And, you know, Rockets, I think they were down 2-0. Um, so game three, Rockets are down 2-0. And I think it was in Portland. I could be wrong about that, but I think it was in Portland. Um, so it was basically win or go home, right? If y'all lost that, you, Houston would have been down 3-0. Mm-hmm. Game over. Yep. Troy Daniels, you're in the game as a rookie, and I think were you dra- you were signed off waivers, right? Or you were picked up as an undrafted free agent? Yep, signed for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And so, total Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. And game's tied, game three, Harden drives. I think Harden, I remember Harden loses the ball. Mm-hmm. Jeremy Lin picks it up. Shout out to Jeremy Lin. Jeremy Lin picks it up, plays like all over the place. He drives, kicks, boom, you're right there wide open. I remember thinking, yo, he's about to hit this shot. And you did. Mm-hmm. Undrafted free agent as a rookie, and you hit a playoff game winner. Is that the most memorable moment of your career? And do you think that that kind of immediately like woke you up and got you ready for the league? Yeah, no question. No question. I think that was obviously one of the biggest moments in my career um, of basketball. And that moment, I think, solidifies, you know, even my career, like in a nutshell, just because of, you know, how I started to like, you know, where we are now. Like, it's like, I came through the back door. I think I was, I might've been sitting in Applebee's or something. And my agent called me and said, Hey, you signed for the rest of the year. And I couldn't believe it. But I was also down the D league trying to figure out, I was a D league at the time, trying to figure out why I wasn't getting called up because I was like killing in the D league, averaging like 25 points a game. I was trying to figure out, I almost went to Australia, but I didn't go to Australia and I ended up signing with the Rockets. But long story short, I had those games lead up, leading up into the playoffs or whatever, getting comfortable in the league. I just couldn't really, it didn't dawn on me that I was still, I was in the NBA until I got to the playoffs because obviously the playoffs and regular season are way two different things. Um, so we get to the playoffs and, and, you know, first few games didn't play, but game three, Kevin McHale looks down at the bench and, th- and this, once again, no warning at all. So like, this is, I'm like, okay, I know he's not going to call my name. I'm just got on the team, a rookie. And we have at least like three or four vets sitting beside us. And, I'm, and he called my name and I couldn't believe it. I literally couldn't believe it. I was almost nervous to go in the game because in you know, the playoffs is totally different. Right. I mean, I've been playing right. basketball my whole life, but you got fans yelling at you on, on the road in the playoffs. So um, when I went in, I was nervous the first couple of times that I went down the court. But after that, it, it started becoming like second nature. Like, okay, I belong out here. Like, okay, this is dope. And I ended up hitting that shot. And then I think maybe the next game, it would have been the next game where I had like 17. I think that whole playoff moment solidified, you know, me being in the NBA. Like, it wasn't no more questions. Because at first, me trying to make it to the NBA, I was yep. too small. He can't. He can, he can only play one position. Like, it was so many uh, opinions about me out there, which one of the reasons why I wasn't in the NBA. But all, once you got in there and started playing, which I got my opportunity and took advantage of it, Everybody was like, okay, this guy, he, he can play in the NBA. He's an NBA player. It was an unbelievable moment. The whole playoff series, that's when I knew I was actually in the NBA. That's when I, I, it felt like I was in the NBA. I ended up signing a two-year deal with Houston. Um, I mean, everything was falling into place after that. And it was just, it was an unbelievable experience, unbelievable ride. Um, it's something that I will never take back. Like, if somebody say, could you, if you can go back, what would you do? I wouldn't do anything. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to get drafted. I, I, I would want to go back to the D League, you know what I mean? And put in there working, eat chili beans every day and, and in and out every single day before games. Like, I would want to go do that, you know what I mean? Because it means more when you when you actually succeed, you know what I mean, instead of somebody just giving you a spot. So I actually earned my spot. 
Absolutely, man. I, I respect that. It's like, you know, when you when you work for something, it means just that much more to you instead of man. it's like spoon spoon fed to you. And and yep. just for clarity, uh you came in, you had I think you hit three threes, game winner. Next game, you hit four of five threes, seventeen points in twenty minutes, undrafted rookie. So pretty incredible. That was a hell of a coming on the scene moment. Very few have that good of a story to I belong in the NBA type moment. Um, I'm sure looking back on your career, that decision to say no to Australia and say, I believe in myself enough to keep passing a couple more of those offers down to stay in the NBA and making another eight years here, worth it. I mean, that's one of the best decisions ever. And I'm glad you shared that story. With that said, with all the James Harden drama going on right now, that was early in his career, just getting his feet wet. I got to know, what was it like playing with him early? Was he a good teammate? Is he a guy you want to be around? He definitely was. He definitely was. I can say that with confidence. I mean, he literally took care of his rookies for one. But also, I mean, he was just an overall, just a, a great dude. He wasn't cocky. He wasn't like, okay, because he's just signed a deal with Houston. I think it was like $70 million that he signed with him from OKC. And, you know, he could have he could have went, it could have went either way, but it wasn't like that with him. I mean, he literally... Hey, come, come over to the house, man. We're having dinner. Or, you know, it was like that. He wasn't too big. And he was actually really good then. Like, I mean, a lot of people remember, you know, two years ago, or even back then, six or seven, eight years ago, he was really good. People don't remember him in OKC. OKC, he was killing in OKC. Mm-hmm. Him, Katie, and Russ. You know what I mean? Then goes to the Rockets. Him and Dwight, they were killing for a while, but they just weren't really compatible with each other. But but he was absolutely a great player around that time. And And, you know, I heard, I've heard people over the years saying, I mean, did he pass the ball? Was he a ball? No. I literally had so many touches when I was in the game from him. You know what I mean? And he commanded a lot of double teams, but I don't think he was a ball hog at all. I mean, he, he literally passed the ball. So You were perfect because you would float on the left and right elbow three. You would, mm-hmm. you would sit deep, too. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every time Harden drives with that left, they cheat it's down easy. the double, and it's, it's boom, easy. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very easy. Very easy to play with him anyway, to be honest. Um, now, I mean, he's absolutely insane. I mean, he's he's hitting all kind of crazy shots, step backs, and this and that. So, I mean, you might not touch the ball for about five or six possessions, but when you do touch it, you better make sure you hit it. <laughs> so with that being said, Troy, are you angling to sign with the Houston Rockets for the upcoming season? <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm, I'm all ears right now, man. I'm all ears. Even though I'm a free agent, I still want to go to the right situation. And I, I, obviously, Houston is always going to be the right situation just because of their philosophy, how they play. Um, but it, once again, they have a new coach. And I do know uh, Coach Silas. He's a great coach. I think it's just a no-brainer to be around those type of guys that command double teams. You know, if you're just on a regular team, and the, the perfect example, I was on the Phoenix Suns, and Devin Booker, whew, I could talk for days about him, but there was nobody really commanding double teams other than Booker. So it's kind of hard to play, you know, with, with somebody that's not really, you know, commanding double teams or whatever um, on those type of teams. But if you're playing on a team with a high, high caliber player with your, your AD, LeBron, um, James Harden, those type of players, I mean, you, gotta, you have to double team. And that just leaves even more, you know, room for me to be able to make an open shot or, you know, play four on five, you know, with the defense. So, Yeah, when, when you can create space for open shots, like nothing beats that. So with that said, um, with the Rockets a little more, I mean, James Harden, I mean, how do you describe his passing? Because, I, I mean, you don't become a leader, the league leader in assists for, for nothing. I mean, I think he's a damn good passer. He's an amazing playmaker. But... That's what, one of the most misconstrued things about James Harden's game is his passing. And I think it's all about timing and how he sets his guys up. But um, how would you describe the type of passer that he is? 
I think he's a great passer. Um, now, is he the best passer? No, maybe not even top five, but his offensive ability commands him to be able to pass the ball. So most of the time when he's passing the ball, guys are waiting. You know what I mean? He's not throwing the ball and guys are actually going into the shots or, or guys are actually going to the basket for layups and stuff. When he's, he's dribbling, he's, he's mesmerizing the defense, doing his thing, boom, 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 boom. Guys are sitting there waiting. So once you throw it, you either have to shoot it or you have to get off of it, which creates, you know, and if you surround him with shooters, obviously he's going to have high assist rates. You know what I mean? And, and him playing in pick and roll with Clint Capella and those type of guys, I mean, that's another, that's a whole different story. Um, but I think he's a, a great passer, but you don't just average 10 assists without being able to pass the ball. Like he really can pass the ball. Flamboyant type of passer, no. He can get he just gets you the ball. That's that's all that really need it really matters. And then it's up to, you know, his teammates after that. And you surround him with shooters, I mean, the rest will be history. So who who are your top five passers currently? Ooh, I don't know. Oh, uh Braun passing is definitely underrated. Um He's up there. He might be Brian. Might be one or two. To be honest, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I, I don't. I don't know. I'm, I would say Brian and CP are, are one and two, maybe. For sure. I don't CP. know, man. Let me ask you this. This is an easier question. I personally think Nikola Jokic is the best big man passer of all time. All time. There you go. All time. Go. He was definitely in my top five, but I mean, he's in your top five in the league. Yeah, no question. I okay. Mean, come on, now. I mean, the guy can. He has eyes in the back of his head. I don't know how, how he does it. But I would say LeBron's passing is definitely underrated because the type of velocity that's on those passes and the type of with the area that they're at is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I mean, it's like on the money every time. It's unbelievable. Um, but uh, Big Fella can definitely pass the ball too. Um, CP, yes. Um, what else is a good passer? You just said You just said Jokic top five definitely for you. Who is top five definitely for you right now? I know. I'm trying to figure out the next two. I gave you, I gave you three with CP, uh, Big Fella, and um, Braun. I would have to sit down and think about that. That's tough. There, I mean, that's one one category. Not too many people can just name off their top five. And um, yeah, that's a different. I, I mean, mean shooters, I, blockers. That's like the one category that I like. I'm a list guy too. Like I'm a guy that ranks people. And Rubio is a good passer. He is. Rondo's up there, but Rondo, Rondo's I mean, up there. that's why I said it's tough. It's a lot of it's a lot of guys that are almost the same. So you know, I guess you have to go off of them winning. So you definitely got to go Rondo if they got championships under his belt. Um, Steph, Steph so is who a really are some of the other good passer too. He is. I, I don't think Steph sniffs the top twenty probably, but. He's a good passer, but I, he's I mean, smart. Top five, no, yeah, smart dude for sure. Who would be some of your favorite teammates um, that you've played with? I mean, most enjoyable to make the game fun around you. Kimball Walker, Jeremy Lin, Marvin Williams, Devin Booker, um, James Harden, Mike Conley, Mark Gasol. There we go. Mark was a top ten passer at a time he in the was. league. He was, was, he was, he very well was. Um, and I played with him when he was an all-star too. I mean, it's a lot of guys that are up there on, like on my list, like a lot of guys, but if I had to go top three, I'm going Kimba number one. And you saying to play with, right? Yeah. Just to play with, yeah. well, it made the game enjoyable for it. Kimba for sure. The book made the game fun for me, to be honest. I, I played in Phoenix for two years and he, and, you know, and I, that's the most I played in my career in Phoenix. Um, he, he made the game a lot of fun. I mean, he commanded a lot of double teams. 
Um, and he, he really, when he gave it to me, he, he didn't want to give it to anybody else. He's like, did he just shoot it? So, I mean, he's one of the the few that literally would say that. Mike Conley was, is up there. He's up there. I mean, those type of the type of guys that instill the confidence in you, like your main guys, that instill that type of confidence in you that makes the game very easy, um, as well as, you know, they're my homies off the court too. So, I mean, you know, it was fun to play with. Obviously, LeBron is unbelievably fun to play with, but you get some kind of anxiety sometimes when you're playing with LeBron. To be honest with you. <laughs> the pressure. It's like you don't want to, you don't want to, you don't want to piss him off. You know what I mean? So, um, uh, it, it was unbelievably fun to play with him. But he takes the game very seriously, as you should. And you know, it, it ain't too, it ain't too much time for you to be messing up. You the JR meme. Yeah, he's trying to win championships. He ain't got time to be messing up. So, um, you know what's interesting to me about that, by the way, is. Uh, you know, you watch the last dance and everybody's talking about Michael Jordan and how he, you know, took the game and how he treated his teammates. I'm not saying LeBron does that, but from people that we have spoken to, me and Zach, um, that have been around with or played with LeBron, they don't say he was mean or anything, but he, I mean, he takes the game seriously. So I feel like that same pressure that people talked about next to Mike, I feel like it's definitely there next to LeBron. How could it not? Be? I think, yeah, I think it, I think it's definitely there with LeBron. Like, and, and if you haven't played with him, you wouldn't know. But like, if you're when you're around him, you can feel the greatness. I'm not lying; like, it's just something about him that you can just feel like how great he is. And he don't say much to you. I mean, he's a fun guy; he's always playing. You know, he ha ha. But when it's time to play, he's not laughing. You know what I mean? And he he's not he's, he's not like Michael Jordan; where he's going to call you out in front of everybody and disrespect you like that. But he has this look. If he look at you a certain way, then you're going to be like, okay, <laughs> let me let me let me get on. And it was one instant. It was one instance. We were literally in the game. And I think he threw the ball to me. It was in the shot clock. He threw me a ball. And it was in he uh I was supposed to shoot it. I might have been open, I don't know. I pumped fake and I took a dribble, then I shot it. He spazzed on me, like he went off on me. I was like, oh gosh, like <laughs> damn. Like, like on the court? Yeah. On the court. And because I think they call a timeout or something like that. And shoot the ball. You open, shoot it, T D. And you gotta, I mean, you gotta love it, because he's telling you when oh, you yeah, open, shoot, shoot the ball. The ball. But, I mean, to me, I didn't feel like I was that open, so I feel like I need to pump fake and just take a dribble. But, I mean, to him, he felt like, just shoot the ball. I don't want you to do nothing else, TD. Shoot the ball. And you want that in, you know, in your top player to tell you that to instill that confidence in you. So I wasn't mad, but it, it was like, oh, gosh, I woke the beast up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So That's, yeah, that's the only thing I really hear LeBron yelling is shoot the ball. But, I mean, you want a guy like that to give yeah, you, you confidence to, to lift yep. you up, too. And you, you say LeBron won't call you out to your face, but he'll just ship you out behind your back. That's what he will do. <laughs> he'll trade your ass immediately. Man, I, I, I hope you. I hope you didn't do that to me, man. No, I, I, I don't. Think, I don't think guy. he did. <laughs> so, a couple more. We'll get you out of here. What uh, What was your favorite season? If you had to pick one, your most enjoyable year, uh, the most fun you had with a team as a whole, or just individually. Now, I know you played the most in Phoenix, but. Uh, Come on, man. That's an easy. That's an easy one. It was the Lakers, man. It was okay. the Lakers. It was uh, the Lakers, and then two. The second team, it'll be uh, the Hornets. It was that year when D Wade started hitting all those crazy threes in the playoffs. We had Al Jefferson, Jeremy Lamb, Jeremy Lin, uh, Courtney Lee was on that team. We had a nice, really good team. Um, that was one of the most funnest teams I've ever been on, other than the Lakers. But um, that's my top two. Very good. What's the toughest part about being a role player, journeyman? The toughest part is not knowing. Um, I guess the thought of not knowing and then trade deadlines. Like you don't really know. Like you hold, like as a shooter, even, you know, just being a journeyman, like you hold value. Um, 
as a shooter. You know what I mean? And so that means every team wants you on their roster, basically. So at, when trade deadline comes and you have an easy contract to, uh, to move, you get nervous because you don't know, okay, they just throw Troy in there too. We'll take a shooter. You know what I mean? So you don't know around that time. So that might be one of the hardest. Um, after that, it's just basketball. But the business side of basketball is just the, one of the worst parts, even not just as a journeyman, as just an NBA player, especially if you're um, one of those middle to low tier type of NBA players and you're not a max guy. Uh, my last question for you, Troy, you, you speak highly of Kemba Walker. And I was mm-hmm. going to ask, that kind of made me think, do you have a mentor? Was it Kemba? Um, is there somebody that kind of took you under their wing and groomed you, so to speak, for, you know, for the NBA? Yeah, um, I, I, do, I did have a mentor. I'm not going to say did, like we don't talk anymore or anything. But when I first got to Houston, and they, like he's, he helped me out so much off the court, on the court, um, advice here and there. Like I literally call him right now. I'm like, hey, what do you think? What do you think about this? Um, Francisco Garcia. Love it. He, oh. he was my vet in Houston. Um, Super underrated. Gave you the in and, in and outs of what not to do, what to do. How do you prepare yourself before a game? How do you handle yourself on the bench when you're not playing? How do you handle yourself when you're talking to a coach? I lose literally everything. And that's, that was my vet. You know what I mean? And I know a lot of people, a lot of NBA players have vets and, you know, they look up to him, whatever. That was my vet. And I feel like he was the best vet ever. I mean, he had a, a convertible Bentley, let me get for a month. He used to let me wear his Rolex watches all the time. Um, this is before I had it. I didn't have any money in my first year in the NBA. So, I mean, I'm basically living that NBA life off of him. And, and literally, I think when I signed my big deal with Memphis, I called him because I didn't know what to do with my, with my money. It's like, man, I don't really want to sit. I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to, he's like, TD, calm down, take a breather. He's like, this is a great problem to have. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, I'll sit down with you. We can talk about things you can do with it. And he, he, we really sat down and, and he opened up and told me everything he was doing with his money or how he was handling this. And it was, I mean, I can literally call a man for anything, even to this day. You know, I mean, we haven't talked in a while, but that's my guy. He, he helped it. me survive in the NBA. So Shout out Listen, Francisco man. Garcia. He's a yes, vet. Sir. As a rocket diehard, that, is, that story is cool as hell. So thank you. For that. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's, that's a great awesome. answer. Yeah. <laughs> Looking yes, at your Instagram, too, it seems like you're a big car guy, right? I am. I am. Yeah, what, what's your car choice? What's your, some of your favorite whips? My favorite car of all time right now is the Lambo truck, for sure. That's my favorite car of oh, all time. I think Lambo did a great job with that car. Or SUV, I should say, but because um, I couldn't fit in the small anyway, and I didn't want to get that anyway because it's just too flashy and stuff like that. So um, I pretty much, pretty much had almost every car—not every car, but like all, most of the nice cars out there. Uh, I'm a big Mercedes fan as well. Like I live and die by Mercedes. That's, that's a dope car. Um, but the Lambo is my favorite, my favorite mm. car of all time. Truck, Damn. Lambo truck. That pulling up to the arena is ice. That is solid. It's uh, nice. Yeah. Kudos on the vlog. That was a killer vlog, one of the best in the bubble. Um, it hit, too. You did well. Uh, is that what's to come? Are we going to see Troy Daniels, the vlogger? I mean, fighting Jake Paul, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> I actually do want to do more vlogging, um, to be honest with you. But I'm just trying to really, during this time, focus on you know my myself. Because it, it, it's kind of funny. Like You don't really notice how much time. You, like, I mean, I know how much time I have on my hands, but like when you're in, during the NBA season, like, we don't really have much time to focus on yourself. You know what I mean? And I, I really want to focus on who I really am, what I yeah. want to do, you know, life after basketball type stuff. So right now, um, I really want to focus on me. But I do want to do more vlogging and show 
just the fans and people like in general, like, you know, the behind the scenes of what's it like to be a free agent? What's it like not to be in training camp? What am I really doing? You know, what, what does NBA, what do NBA players do when they don't have a job? You know what I mean? Like that, those type of things I want to, you know, show the public, you know, Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I do every day. Um, it's hard. You know, I want to, I want to be transparent and, and open. It's not easy. You know what I mean? It's not easy to not have a job. Like I, it's the first time I've been in this predicament in eight years. Like it's tough to be, to not be at training camp. It's tough to, to get on Instagram and see your boys, you know, signing big deals to see your boys, um, you know, in training camp, having fun. I, Cause I remember those times. So when you don't have them, what are you doing? How do you feel? And I, I, I do, I do want to show that side of me um, in blogging and, you know, on YouTube and stuff like that. So I think I will, but just not right now. I'm working on me right now. All right. So media might be in your future. You're not sure what you want to do after you're all said and done, but yeah, not too sure. But right. I mean, you know, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, on that note, we know we know that jumper's wet, man. We hope uh, you're staying staying off the beaches and uh, you get your call here soon. It's coming. Um, I'll be pissed if my wolves leave you hanging. Uh, the worst comes to worst. But um, I want you on a better team. You deserve to be helping out a contender too. So best sure. of luck, man. You got a couple fans here. We're, we're rooting for you. So bring it home, baby. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Hey, thank you, man. We appreciate your time. And as always, rate, subscribe, listen. Bang, bang, bang. Thanks.